morning. There is a no shear next uh, Sunday morning, and one after that is Tisha B'Av. We'll be speaking here during the Kinnis, and one after that, just uh, check your emails, find out where we're holding. Ramalach and Beis, Perichof. Let's go to Pasuk Dalid. Sheyoh Navi tells Chizkiyahu Mel B'Shem Hashem that he is going to die and he should be Metzabez Beisai, which is generally important, especially for a king who's going to be the next king, and he doesn't give up and doesn't give in based on his Meseira, Filu Cherev Chadu Menachas Al Savarecha. And he asks Yeshayo for his daughter if he survives, which most Mepharshim learned Yeshayo agreed to, even though when he first heard it, he said that it's impossible because you're going to die. And if that's what happened, and they had Menashe, we're talking about massive tzchusim in both directions, which, as I mentioned, perhaps gave Menashe the Siat Neshmaya to do tshuva. The question will be, when we get to it, how much was the tshuva Beneficial, tshuva is always beneficial. How much uh, did it help for him and the ability to reverse the damage he himself did? So, not going to get to that for a while. Right now, Pasik Dalit will see that the tefillah is accepted and he will indeed live for another 15 years. That's the Kriya Schatzer. Hatichaina, barely out of the Melech's courtyard. That's a tremendous compliment. As we had before, the remez over here is that the tefillah is accepted because of Yerzchusim, but even more so because of the Schusim of David HaMelech. Shamati es secha, reisi es secha. Not to mitigate his tefillah, his tears. And three days you're going to be able to go to the base of Rashi says this is before, during the siege, before the downfall of Melech Asher. So he's promised 15 years. He's going to survive and survive for another 15 years. And the Melech Ashur that's threatening to destroy Yerushalayim and to finish off Klai Yisrael is going to not survive. He himself will survive to go home to get killed and his army will not survive. Again, the two primary, Pasek mentions his tefillin is the most, but the final word is, I'm saving the city, Lamani, for the Kiddush Shem Shemayim to avoid the Chil Hashem, Ulaman David Avdi. The reason why the Nevoah came back so quickly and the answer was given so decisively, besides the fact that it's torture for Peskeo Amel to wait another moment, if you look at Dal and Arashi, so Rashi says, He didn't leave. For the sake of for the sake of the people, they were under so much pressure and there was so much Yish in the city that they were about to all be conquered and killed. 
All they needed to hear was that their leader was about to die. So the rumors perhaps are flying around, but there shouldn't be confirmation. And when they meet the Navi, they're going to find out. So Akash Baruch Hu stops the Navi before he gets out of the Chatzar and tells him to turn around and go back and give the good news. There's another reason a little deeper. Uh, this is a, a balance. Leilainu, if somebody is not well, it's not always a good idea to advertise it right away. Because the mile of people knowing is that they can daven. The chasarin of people knowing is that they know. And the more people know, the more it's confirmed. And then it's harder to daven your way out of it. Comes a point where if the tzilas are needed, so that's the standard uh, operating procedure, so to speak. Shimmy, it's a good thing you got here. You don't have to miss any more psukim, although you're listening, I'm sure. A lot of traffic. Uh, A lot of traffic. (laughs) So... um, Nobody ever really leaves. They just uh, temporarily leave waiting for the shul to fly to Israel. Uh, so, um, so Shimmy, when this uh, goes online, the rest of the family watches, you'll get honorable mention. So the balance is if it's uh, a cold or a flu, so then why advertise it? First of all, Baruch Hashem is not in danger, and uh, you can dive in better if it's not confirmed, if it's Rahman something more serious, uh, we always advise people don't depend on their own davening. They need help from others. So over here, this was deadly serious. But Yeshayo was not given the chance to leave because once it becomes known in the city, it's going to be more of a, as a nice niggle anyway, but more so, and perhaps Akash Baruch Hu wanted to limit that. Yes? It's a separate, uh, separate operation. So it's a very good question. Uh, why is this necessary at this time? And obviously not is it necessary at this time, but the timing is uh, precise. He, it's three days before that, and he's going to get up, and when he has this for Shalema, yeah. they'll have the Yeshua. I think, uh, I use the word Pashat Pshat over here is not exactly uh, accurate, because nothing here is Pashat, but <laughs> I would think the Pshat is that they need tremendous Chusim to be able to pull out of this. And there are many things that caused Melech Ashur to come and threaten in the first place. It's to wake them up for general tshuva. The people were doing a lot better than they were in the Esau The Esau were not saved. But there's still people in 12 Arazara, and people not sure Klai Yisrael will exist, and not sure they should hang on, they're not sure they should be part of the program. The Averas that were done by Achaz, his father, will be done by Menashe and others are along the lines of the same Yish mentality that uh, this isn't working, and we might as well just assimilate into the woodworks because uh, we're not going to survive anyway. That's the Avera, the backdrop of Klai Yisrael. Chizkiyo didn't buy into any of this, of course, and he's convincing them otherwise with uh, considerable success. But when the Melech, who is bringing up the Madrega or everybody else, himself has a serious chisern in his own Avodis Hashem, in his own Ruchnius, that's going to block a Yeshua. 
So I believe this has to be fixed up in order for the Yeshua to come, because the Melach, when he does Averis, he didn't get married. It's his own personal Averis, his own personal incorrect cheshman, which he did the Shem Shemayim, but it was a mistake. The Melach can't have this on his record, flash on his record, if he's supposed to be running everything and making all the decisions and bringing everybody else up. So I think this has to be fixed up before the Yeshua comes. That's Lafiani as Daiti. Yes? It's possible that it has Yes. And the whole reason why it was in this in this in this um, situation of being in a holding pattern was because it was a question of would David's would David's uh, progeny keep on going? So if at this point if Chizki is saying, all right, it's going right. to with me, then he needs to. Overcome You're referring that. to the, the fact. The point of being in that position was right. He has to he has to get out of this. Is that Nagaya? What you're referring to the fact is that the same Gemara that says that the Kitchik of Noi was still hanging over and it ended now, which is Melachashur's mistake by about 12 hours. The Gemara says that if not for the fact that Yesim is left alive, nobody from, nobody from Malchus Bezdav would be left alive. And there was actually a Kitchik on the family anyway, which is almost fulfilled. And if he's fixing it up, even though you'll say, what does Chizkiyo have to do with Dovin Amel's uh, mistake, which was Grama Shabbat Shabbat But there was a Kittrick hanging over the family. So I, I believe that point is an interesting one and that the two might have something to do with each other. But again, if he can't fix up, he's Chai Misa for this. The Gemara says, why is it Chai Misa? And he wanted to know, why is it Chai Misa? Even nobody did wrong. And then when he was told, so we're left wondering, well, not getting married, especially with a Cheshman, it's not a Chai Misa. The answer is, it is when you're Chizkiyo Melch, it is when you're supposed to be continuing Melch's based David, even though we said it could have come from a different part of the family, which ultimately some of them, some of the later leaders did. Lamaisa was supposed to come from him now, and that was Rosh Hashem, and he was interfering with Kasha Dachmah and that was the Kasha on him, which wasn't just about Puruvu, it was about a Mahalach, as you can't interfere. Once he fixed that up, then he's able to bring the Yeshua, yes. Yeah, yeah. No, he's still a lot of fixing up to do. And the Rila is was still heading, spiraling toward a Churban, which it's not the graph is not going to go like this. Chizkiyo is going to go like this, and Yeshayo. We have a couple of a couple, not five. Yeah, but we don't find David Melch. Um, everybody was basically from. They, they weren't really giving in there. That was, that was the golden age. If anything, David and Shlomo. Okay, so my question is because Avodazara was very strong throughout, right? So the and we know Chizkiyu tried putting in the guards and. And he did a good job. Maisie lifted them up enough that they was actually to be saved now. He, he accomplished. I'm just saying is if the leader himself has a serious chisarin, is it's not to say that but has one serious chisarin enough, and Shemayim, they pass in his Chai Misa, the Navi tells them it's all over. The Navi felt that this Navua was so important and so pressing that there was no way he could dive out of this. And he told him, Tzavit Beisecha, which he was told to say that. But the Navi was surprised when five minutes later in the Chatzar, he was told to turn around and it was reversed. That's how close this was. So David was asking, why, why now? 
it's all true, but why now? The answer is, he doesn't fix this up. They're not going to have the issue if the leader has this major chisarim. It's not going to work. Uh, the leader is often given some of the people, and the people are propped up by the leader. It, it's, uh, it feeds on itself. But he was Chayav Misa for it. Uh, that's a starling. Well, it's easier you can fix up anything. You can stop doing Avodah Or in this case, you can decide to get married. He did Shuvah on the spot. And that's what clinched it. The question is, why was this important for the general Yeshua? Again, I believe the answer is that the people aren't going to be Zeich if there's something going very wrong in the palace itself. That's not ironclad. Sometimes the people, despite the fact that the Melech is not doing well, the people could... Get their act together. Um, we had that by Asalia, the Malka. It wasn't supposed to be Malka. And the kind God was says Asadik, he was able to rally the people and get rid of her, but that to get rid of her. So we don't want to get rid of Chizkiah because everything else is doing right. So um, he was given the chance to do tshuva. Yes? No, I was just saying that Chizkiah, if, if the whole point of is to continue Malka's be if he's, if he's saying that even if it can come from somewhere else, but then like, you know, just like we have by Yudhiyah by Esther, that Mordecai says, you know, if it, if it doesn't, you're going to lose out. He's going to lose out. Yes, but the, the question is, can they... That, that's true, but that's Chizkiah on a personal level. Why does it have to be? So let there be Yeshua, and Chizkiah either will pass or won't pass. But the answer is, is that Chizkiah is the whole, the whole uh, propellant over here of what brought up the people. And, and when there's something in the center going wrong, that's not going to work. Klai uh, Yisrael, you're just referring to the fact, which I don't disagree with, that Klai Yisrael will be saved anyway. Just like if Esther didn't do it, they'll be saved anyway. So if Chizkiyah won, yes, yes, yes. Still, they need, because of the person leading the effort well, is uh, doing something wrong, that's a kitrug on everybody. Now, it doesn't mean there'll be nothing left, but Kash could have saved Klai Yisrael even had Yishlai been conquered here by sending the remnants to Bob, what we think is going to happen by the Chorban. You're just pointing out, correctly so, that Klaisol is going to be saved anyway on some level. The question is, and which I'll deal with soon, the longer you can avert the Chorban, the better it is, because Klaisol has to be grouped, and if we send the remnants to the tune of 13 people, or 1,300 as opposed to 13,000 or 130,000, it's going to make a big difference to Klaisol later on. And, and that point, I'm glad we segued into this, that point is going to become apparent, I don't know if this week, but when we get to it, where Chizkiyot is saved and he makes some comments about the godless of him being able to survive, not on a personal level, but to get Klaus to the next point, and we're always going to be wondering, well, it's the three weeks and the Korban's coming anyway, so what good is it? We had a tremendous Yeshua. What good? The answer is it's important because if you buy time and you create more of an atmosphere of uh, Shemira's Torah Mitzvahs than you have enabled Klai Yisrael to not only get to the next point and get past the Chorban limping, which they're going to be doing anyway, but there's limping and then there's almost completely uh, destroyed where there's such a small uh, nucleus. It's, it's so much more difficult to rebuild. And we're going we're gonna to talk about that a lot. Uh, the godlesses, when they came back, they asked Hashem to remove it completely. No, right, but, but was the draw for it? Uh, you can imagine that the Eitzahara was dampened when they saw the full force of the Einish right away. When people go through something like that, even if it recedes into the memory, it uh, takes a while. So, yes, 
it, it certainly got better. And then, so much so, when they came back, they said, okay, well, this wears off. We're not going to be in good shape. Can, I asked Hashem, can you take it away? And that was their Pesach and Pep. So, let's continue. Pesach Zion. This might come as a surprise. Now the Rafuah. See, you're all wondering, what Rafuah? What do you need Rafuah? Whatever we do for this Rafuah, this was something that was terminal. There was no Rafuah. Well, Kosh Baruch is going to make that point quite clearly. He's going to do something which medically is counterintuitive. As it was in the Midbar when Kosh Baruch told Moshe to take a bitter piece of wood and throw it into bitter waters to make sweet waters. So the scientists here will say, no, 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 we figured that one out. It's two negatives equal positive. Not exactly. Uh, that's Kosh Baruch Hu, when he's doing an ace sometimes, makes it an ace beside mace that it doesn't make any sense. You shouldn't think the nace is not an ace because when you figured out the medical key to whatever this mysterious illness was. And uh, this will fit with that. Vayechi, look at Zion in Rashi, Develas Te'enim, Kishahem Lachin, Kurian Te'enim. So we have uh, moist figs, Kishendrosen Be'igal, Kurian Dvela, which is a word commonly used in the Gemar, Egulei Dvela. Sima Lashchen, put it on the, what? After they pressed, they put it together. What it was and what it uh, what it became. This is the uh, the re- the retail name. Uh, yeah, the re- the retail name as it as it sold on the shelves. This is the worst thing you could put on shchin. So Leilani, you should never have it. Don't try this at home, as they say, as Rashi will tell us right now. Rashi says, nisrach. He says, this will cause good skin to decay. Similar to the bitter wood in the bitter waters. So you'll say, okay, if it's going to be something medically not advisable, why do anything? Not Akasha. All Nisim are done with some, some Misa that you're doing Hashem could do Kriyas Yamsuf without waving a mata and could make the water sweet without putting anything in. And Kasha Namaisa, literally, why Hashem does Nisim is always something applicable. And then what we apply is the exact opposite of what anybody would suggest. That's how Hashem does Nisim. We don't. Uh, what? Is this No, it was not. Sefer Fuas, by the way, was gone by Chizkiyom. It's interestingly enough. Interestingly enough, I wonder when he woke up, did he try to look in the Sefer Fuas? He called in the guards. Okay, bring me the Sefer Fuas. Uh, Your Highness, we sort of burned that. Actually, he didn't burn it. It says Nignaz. It doesn't say Nisrat. Maybe it's so, afterwards. Maybe. It doesn't sound like that, but uh, it's interesting. It doesn't say Nisrat. I wonder what to make of that. Nignaz, we do Ganesi, you put it away. So only one person knows where it is. That's Cheskiel Melech. Maybe one of the person who he sent to Berry. So he said, okay, you and I know where that is. Go get it. Sounds like he didn't or he did, and it's irrelevant because it's not going to help anyway. This whole Chayli was Lamaylu Medeir Chateva. And the Rafu was Lamaylu Medeir Chateva. But interesting point. I wonder if Nignaz is just an expression and he really hid it in a way that uh, nobody knows where it is. We certainly don't know where it is. 
And loss of love, we're probably not going to need it because loss of love, the sickness is going to be gone and won't be necessary. Now, I hope you're seated for this next Pasuk. Ma'ais ki yirpa Hashem li. Can I have a sign that I'm going to have a refuah shleima v'alisi bayam ashlishi beis Hashem? What is this all about? The Navi came back in and told him, I just had a, a new nevuah a minute ago, and you're going to live another, not only told him he's going to survive, he told him he's going to live another 15 years, and he gave him an exact prescription of what to do to put on your skin. And then he asks him, Chizkiyot, the uh, melech who's known for his bitachan and amuna, he asks the Navi, can you give me a sign? So, Mepharshim want to know what is that all about, then it couldn't have been an improper request because the Navi is going to give him one. Now he's going to give him one. He's going to give him, this is extremely perplexing and rare, he's going to give him his choice of Nisim. When's the last time that happened? Yes. Kriyashima. Maybe you can say it. He's going to give him a choice. So before we figure out what the choice is, why he's given a choice, I've got to figure out what's the question. Why is he asking for an ice? So, there are many suggestions. The one that, again, we're looking for the Pashup shot, it's still a Chiddush no matter what we say, is that Chizkiyo HaMalach knew and was afraid that some people knew about this, even though we just explained that the Navi was told in the Chatz to go back right away before more people find out, but there were people who knew that he was sick already. And you can't keep this a military secret because the people in the palace, these things get, especially at a time when everybody's petrified and they're waiting, looking to the king to find out what the next move is and what are we doing with this army with hundreds of thousands of people outside the wall. So some people knew, and Chizkiyo himself had no issue believing that he was going to have a refuah lema, live another 15 years. The people needed a booster shot, needed some chizik. So he wanted to be able to do something to boost morale You'll say, what difference does that make boost morale? And in three days, not going to make a difference, and Melech Asher is going to be history. And so you've got to make it there, which is the theme we're going to be focusing on. And the my love giving that uh, boost is giving a chizik enough that people can make it, even though afterwards there might be another boost. But that's all about uh, the Gemara Brochus. Biggest gift you can give somebody is to smile. Well, who needs your smile? The answer is... The guy is in a bad mood. The guy needs a little chizik. And he says, well, what if he's in a bad mood tomorrow morning and you didn't solve the problem? He just smiled. And it's easy to smile now. Worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. There's no, by the way, smiles don't cost any money, even though some people think they're very expensive. And you give him a chizik now, you give him a chizik two hours, now you give him a chizik tomorrow. It doesn't cost anything. So Chizkiel feels, uh, I understand what just happened, and I'm going to be saved, but uh, I am sitting here, lying here in bed with an illness that nobody ever got up from. So the people who know I'm sick are not going to believe it. And there's going to be mass depression, which there is already, based on the general uh, inescapable situation of all the people in the city are all going to die. So he asked the Navi, can you ask Kash Baruch Hu for a simon? Because I think this is needed for chizik for the people. Which is a bold request. Uh, Hashem doesn't do nisim for... 
for naught, and they're not very common, and he's already told to take the Devela and press it on the area, which is going to be an ace besachnes, and now he's asking for another one, just as a simon. For chizik, for what? So we get through the next few days. Chiddush, but you had to be there, and Chizkiel HaMelech understood that this was necessary, and Akash Baruch Hu is going to agree. Chiddush HaGabi Chiddush here. For the Meninism going on, Yeshayo gives him multiple choice, which, as asking for Nisim go, is quite pelodic. Vayemer, Pasik Tez, Vayemer Yeshayo, Zelachoiz Meis Hashem, Kiyasa Hashem Esadavar Shadiber. Now, part of the request, by the way, is not only for his Rafuah, but in the Nevuah of his Rafuah was that Melachash is going to fall. So, for general chizik for the city, this, for the people, is exactly what they're waiting for, but they have to wait to see it, and they're ready to pass out due to fear, sheer terror. So it's not only about chizkiyo, it's about that Melech Asher will fall in three days, which is what the Pasuk just said. Be'yam eshlishi, ta'ala be'es Hashem, and in Pasuk Vav, es'ir azayz k'nei z'yir david avdi, and Melech is going to fall, but this is on day three. Three days doesn't sound like a lot of time when you are so frightened you can't move. Uh, any chizik will help. So, again, Pasuk Tet. So, uh, you all know what a sundial is? You've heard of it. They had um, before atomic clocks couple of years before that, uh, they had to tell time, and they had these huge clocks, which were often etched in stone, or they had a large area where there were steps going up, and same idea, and the sun would hit, and everything was etched with exact uh, markers, and as the sun would go up and go down, you'd see the shade on this large area. So... Melech, certainly the palace, had a very nice one outside the palace. And the people who were coming to the base of Mikdash, the people that were milling around, would always be able to look up and check the time by looking at this huge sundial, which was a uh, series of steps with the tzail going in certain areas with markings of 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, as the sun continued. What they did in a rainy day... I guess they said Kriyashma earlier not to get into any problems for Zman Kriyashma. We're so used to being tied into the exact minute. It's hard to know. This was uh, pretty accurate based on what was etched there into the stone, but if it's very cloudy, it's not going to work. Yushalayim Baruch Hashem has many, many sunny days. And uh, this worked quite well. So here we are, and it's a nice sunny day, and the Navi offers one of two Nisim. This is done just a couple of times in history. As Nisim go, this is pretty pelvic. And the Mela Bobo is going to think so also, as we'll see. Uh, when you push the sun forward or pull it back, the whole world sees. And you have to be honest enough and big enough to know there was an ace and then ask. You're going to inquire, why did this happen? Who did this? And that's going to be hundreds of miles away in Iraq, among other places. But right now we're in Yushalayim and Chizkiel wants the people of Yushalayim to see it. 
So Navi says, well, we could do it one of two ways. Do you want time to go forward or do you want it to go backwards? Either way is pretty incredible. This is Nokel says, well, to go forward, that's easy. Well, nothing here is easy. He meant easier. He wants the nace to wake everybody up and really give tremendous chizik and cause a kid of shamayim, which it will. Loi says, no, no, I want the other one. I want time to go backwards. Besides the fact that it's Gavaldic, imagine if we had another uh, 10 hours of our day. All of a sudden, you thought you were running out of time. It doesn't really give you 10 hours. It sort of gives you 10 hours. If you missed Krishma's Mantula that day, can you doubt him? That's an interesting shayla. I'm sure some people asked it. You have to doubt it over again. <laughs> All sorts of international dateline shaylas here. But um, I don't think that... What? Or you dab mincha too early? Or the question is, does this undo what you did? Okay. That, those weren't the shaylas that were the most pressing over here. Everybody in Yerushalayim, I'm sure, dab on time these days. They needed everything they can get. It's fascinating. It sounds like Yeshayahu offered the nace and without checking first. There are a few examples in Tanakh. Tzitzis has a debate about Eliyahu and Navi when he asked for an ace and Har Karmel, the fire is going to come down, and Hashem was masking to him according to one sheet in Tzitzis. It was not uh, preordained. Everything's preordained, but Hashem knows it's coming, but he didn't ask first. And it sounds like over here, uh, once he got the uh, nace to order, so to speak, this is a steps that Achaz built. Let's see, Rashi, there's another shot. Why Achaz is mentioned over here? We don't like mentioning Achaz too much. He goes down in history as a as a Russia. Malas Achaz, the steps of Achaz Acharanis Eser Malas, and it moves back, and it worked. And all the people in Shlaim saw it, and all the people in the Middle East saw it, and all the people in the whole world saw it. And they were wondering, and they will be wondering, what in the world is going on over here? If you look at Rashi in Yud, Vayomi Yechizkiel Nekel Atzel Intos Esamalas Davra Kalhu. Again, Kal is relative. We've never seen any of these Nisim, and we never will. But comparative study of time moving, it's easier, it's less nicker if you move it forward than if you move it backwards. Why is that, by the way? Yakavinu, yeah. yeah, that was very nicker. And there's a whole tumult over there why Meir is Dvarishus, because he sort of started Davini Meir, and then it was whatever. He started Davini Milcha, and it was Meir. Okay. There you're saying it went forward, but that doesn't mean, does that mean it's easier? Yakavinu noticed. He was surprised. It happened. It happened, yeah. It happened. Look, Shamish Begivan Dain, we've had Yeshua Ben Nun stop. Okay. Yeah, that wasn't his nicker. It stopped, and like the, the soldiers are fighting, and says, "This is the longest battle." You know, when you're doing something difficult, it just like feels like every minute's an hour, and they're kind of wondering why we're still fighting. We're still fighting. The enemy started realizing, you know, we're still fighting. We keep losing and losing and losing, and the, you know, the battle's going to end in the olden times, and the sun sets, and this is like the longest day in history. Well, it was. Uh, so it wasn't his nicker. That's correct. It became very obvious because they started looking up, and it didn't move. Uh, question is. All of a sudden, quickly go like this versus to go like this. Why is one more nicker? Psychologically, you know, people uh, always think 
You know, you, we have expression like, you know, time flies. Where'd the time go? I think we perceive psychologically when time goes by quickly and all of a sudden, uh, okay, it's three hours later, if you're having a good time. Which they weren't. But as the day goes, we're always in a rush, like all of a sudden it's, it's five o'clock. Time moving forward is going to be less nicker, I think, than all of a sudden it's nine o'clock again. There might be such a perception. Chizkiel thought that was partially calls choice A easy. He says, that's a, anybody, that's not going to be, let's, let's, let's move it back. Easy, hard, you're moving time, Akash Baruch Hu, nothing easy or hard for Akash Baruch Hu. Anyway, I think what meant is it's going uh, to be more pelvic Be'ene Arabin. So Rashi says, It's not as nicker. They already see it's the afternoon. And all of a sudden it's the morning again. Like, wasn't it the morning already? Like, so it's going to be, as opposed to if it goes further, it just gets much further in the afternoon. It's not okay. So it's later in the day than we thought. They're both amazing, but he wanted the most amazing display of Yad Hashem to be able, A, to give the people chizik. He also knew it's going to cause an international sensation, which it will, with some very surprising and jarring uh, conclusions of what's going to happen when the international community starts sending delegations to Yushalayim, which is going to happen in the next Pesach. Uh, and we're not going to go into it now. We have one more Rashi, and I want to go to the Pelayets. Look at Yudalif and Rashi. So Rashi tells you, I think Rashi's bothered by the fact, okay, Achaz built some nice sundial with the steps and everything. We don't give credit to Rishayim. Why mention him? It was here. The king's had it. That wouldn't be surprising. So Rashi's picking up on that, and Rashi says it's a reference to something else. For an ace that hasn't happened too often, all of a sudden we're seeing, or mentioning now, two of them. The day Achaz died, Neskatsa Yam Amir Atzel Leirid Esamalus. We lost that time the day he died. Kadesh Loyeh Nisbid. Remember, we Americans, the modern mind can't think of this. Everything stopped basically when the sun went down because they didn't have lights. They didn't bury people in the middle of the night and uh, having a spade. And people have to get home, which is dangerous. There are no lights, they can't walk. So Achaz died, Kajbarcha pushed time forward very quickly so they shouldn't have time to be gathered to say Haspadim because he was a Russian. Interesting, because um, there are other kings, the boss of Rashaim, we don't see such a thing. Perhaps he was the first king that was such a Russia, he made a Rosham in a very negative way on Klai Yisrael. Interestingly enough, these ten hours were given back to his son. Everything fits in, you just gotta wait around long enough to figure it out. And I think the concept over here is that the son is now making the tikkun over here for the damage his father did and fixing it up. I think that's the intent of this chazal. But it works, and all of a sudden the time goes back, and now if people find out that Chizkiah was sick and he had a refush lema, that's fine. He's going to have a refush lema because if they doubt that anybody can get out of bed after an illness like this, they can look at the son going in the other direction, and then they won't doubt anything, which was his point. Let's go to the Pelayets after this Pelvic uh, Nace. We'll uh, go to page Kuf Mem Gimel. The top line, again, speaking about the subject of Chizkiyo Amelach and Bitochen. 
Not giving up on one hand and accepting if things didn't go the way you imagined on the other hand. Top line, This is people don't really understand what's happening. Anyway, sometimes we think what is good is going to be a bigger challenge and sometimes we think what is the worst thing in the world ends up being the biggest Yeshua. Just to uh, tie in what we just had, you shouldn't give up, even if the sword is right by the neck. That doesn't mean that a person shouldn't be prepared for the fact that his tefillah might not be accepted, but it's not good for him. It's just that you have every right and imperative to daven as you can and as you muster enough strength to still believe the davening, if Hashem wants it so, will make a reshem and not give up. And then if it doesn't work, then that's the Ratzon Hashem. That's not a steer. And Chizkiyo was prepared for both possibilities. And the Peliyaz is talking about the possibility that goes against what you think is good for you. And what do we know? We know very little about what's going on in the world. Gemara says we're going to just have the Tevimetiv, not the Dynamis. He's going to be able to see clearly. Nowadays, we just hopefully can know intellectually that it's true. Try to internalize it, but we can't see it. So we try to be honest and make a Tevimetiv where it's clear in a Diana MS, which means we're accepting even though we don't see it clearly. The main thing is to make Ratzon Hashem your Ratzon, which means to be Makabal when it's time to be Makabal and still do the Eshtadlis in your Tvila and your Tikkunim before the Psak comes out. That's a very difficult balance of subject for a Shia Bifnei but there's a concept of davening and davening and davening and pushing. You have every right to, and again, an imperative, and it's good for you, and that's Hashem. It's creating the matzav. Hashem is avil, it's and shal tzadikim. Even if you're not a tzaddik. Certainly tzaddikim, but everybody. With that said, there's a concept of pushing too much and being dechik the shah. Tefillah is so powerful, such a powerful tool that, you know, the English expression, be careful what you ask for, you might get it. You can actually dive in your way into something that is not always good for you. And the tefillah will still work. That needs Hezberg, not for the next three minutes that we have. What? Which way? I'm sorry. It happened, believe it or not. I'll say this carefully. I hate to, hate to you know, say these, these bombshells and run. But there's a chazal that comments that Chana, who is the classic example, Tilchas Tefillah learned from Chana. Chana is the classic person who's mispowel for something that, and she didn't give up. And she was barren from it. She davened and davened and davened and davened. What'd she get? Shmuel Navi. Save Klai Yisrael, a new era. Klai Yisrael, ushered in the era of the Nevi'im. Can't get a better prize than that. And the way she davened, the Marbrochus, and she davened for something. After she davened, she felt there's nothing that can create this Kedusha. And after his Marolach may rob of accident, Eli said, it's Chayanisa, and Chana said, no, 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 it's impossible. And Eli said, I'll get you a better one. She says, you can't. It's the product of my tefillahs. And we had a whole shmooze on that. The Marsha makes such a comment. 
And yet, this Galala mentioned that maybe even on her madrega, she pushed too much, not that she was pushing the wrong agenda, but had to come at a different time, Shmuel and Ogimata lived longer. He had a full life, but not what we call old age. So I'll, I'll bring it next week. It's a penalty. It's not a, it's not a regular source. And yeah, it's a, that's why it's, I hate to mention this at 929. Uh, remind me one of these years. We'll get back to that. It's, it's, a, it's, not, it's not a criticism. Hannah produced uh, what nobody else was able to come out to produce. And Shmuel and Avi, the results speak for themselves. But even within that context, there is a mention of the fact that you have to be careful, even though you have every right, and Akash Bracha wants you to keep davening and keep pushing. I'm just trying to explain this Lushan over here. Peleyayis is a lot between the lines. La Yitzchak is Asha. Means there's a time when, just a million dollar question, people ask, and when can I stop davening? When? Yeah, you can stop davening now if you want. You have a chiv to daven. But there is a balance between davening and accepting. And that's a very difficult balance to figure out. There's no baltesif if you daven more. There's no baltigra if you want to stop. The question is, at what point? And you have to be shaleitza. But that's the concept he's referring to. Le'yitrok is ashah. Le'yitar lasha rabbis moshavis al-takhanosai. Le'tstal mikri azman. And don't get too bent out of shape of things that are happening. You try your best. You daven. You daven hard. And you push but at a certain point where if it's affecting the rest of your Avedis Hashem and you can't function, then you're not machuyi to focus on it. That's really what he's getting to. Is, is, and that's the litmus test. When do you know that you're too focused and this is uh, not getting fixed and you're pushing? But the answer is you're davening, but the davening is taking up 12 hours a day and you can't learn and you can't get up in the morning. Then you're focusing too much on it. Well, probably a lot before then. Kiyamim be'amun which means, if Hashem decrees it, no one's going to stop it, but there's nothing to stop Hashem from saving you. And everything you're accomplishing is Hashem is giving you the strength. Now, the purpose perfect example of this is when Hashem wills it that somebody gets better, you could take uh, sticky dvela and put it on the wound and it's going to work. Where I got that example from, who knows, but that's a great example. And it doesn't make a difference how Hashem does it, uh, the bitachan of uh, seeing it through is what counts. <laughs>